another episode of fierce chats it is season two and i have b diddy with me i can't believe it (laughs) (laughs) i love the energy how are you happy to be here i'm I'm so happy to have you i'm feeling incredible i'm happy to be a guest of the coveted fierce chats i mean this is the hottest podcast in the city, so... No, period. Happy to be here. Oh, I love it. Get into it. Come mm. back to us. We already period. want you back. Period. How was your weekend? The weekend has been pretty cool. Um, a lot of moving around in the process yeah. of moving into the new house. Oh, exciting. Congrats yeah, again. Thank you. Thank you. Congrats so, again, babe. Um, getting all that situated and just, you know, graduation stuff, graduation parties for friends. Just a lot of moving around. I feel like, you know what? I honestly, I don't know why. I was just like, wow, is this what we do in the summer? It's hella graduations. It's like hella, but that's cool though. And then of course, for my weekend, you know, I already, um, I'm showing my ass. Ooh, and, see, I wasn't um, even going to bring that. You wasn't going to I wasn't going to call you out. <laughs> but you, you already put it on the playground. So let's see it through. Girl, I can't believe myself. I am beside it. It happens. I'm literally beside it. But anyways, babe, so we're here and I want to play, you know, like to get us started, I want to do a little intro. But before we do intro and have a little game, let's break for a commercial and we'll be right back. So let's 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 play a little game, mm. and it's a little spicy. Okay, mm. just a little bit of spice. Okay, now I'm a Christian, <laughs> a Christian <laughs> woman. <laughs> what? Okay, wow. I I, I don't even want to say. No, I wanna go say. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Sexless head or headless sex? You asked this to somebody else. I do. It was, it was I love these questions. Tina, I don't remember. Yeah. Um. Sexless head or headless, headless sex. Hmm. I'm gonna go against the grain and say headless sex. Headless sex. Why? I am a very intimate person. Like oh, I'm very just. Yeah. Like physical touch is not my 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 primary love language, but just the inti- the the act of intimacy that sex brings. Yeah. I think I would. I would. Pr- not preferable. Like, I'll, if I had to choose, like, gun to the head, pick one, I would pick that. Yeah. Just because it's just, you know. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm with you, girl. I got to have a little, like, let's set it mm-hmm. up. You know, I need my candles. I need my music. I yeah. need my intimacy. Like, period. Yeah. So, no. if I had to pick, it would be that just because that that process just, it's a little bit more, um, I'm not trying to say, like, there's a there's more of a partnership during that, that moment than yeah. just, like. Partnership yeah. in what moment? Sex, then head. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It is an independent activity. Yeah. If you do the, the foreplay portion. Yeah. So. No. I like the perspective. Okay, girl. I'm with it. I'm into it. I know okay. that wasn't as spicy as, you know, you no. wanted, but. No, no, no. And these uh, are. No, but I. I <laughs> <laughs> no. 
and this is really why I even have the I have the questions to kind of like we want to get to know you. True. We want to see True. what your perspective is. True. And I ask the same questions and they're all different. <laughs> all the responses are. are different. Okay. Who is your celebrity crush? Who is my celebrity crush? I had a few. So my very first crush that I can remember celebrity was Usher. I vividly remember being five years old. Shereen, his um his video for Nice and Slow came out. Like that's the first video that I have like a recollection of. Girl, what was you watching Nice and Slow? When I was a kid, it's a ma'am, 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 ma'am. No, I'm calling them immediately. I'm BT, calling the folks. TV now, VH1, all reality, <laughs> nothing, reality down. But back in the day, we had music, we had the videos, we had the plot, the beginning, the plot thickens. Right. We had those videos, so like we sure did. It was just playing in the background yeah. on TV, um, and I remember that 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 video. And he was like gyrating in the camera, like, gyrating. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so yeah, that was that. That was my crush. That sparked the crush for Usher. And then um, Chris Brown, of course, of course, I mean, a um, staple. He's so problematic, guy. He oh is my God. so problematic. He's so problematic. But I, it's just something about him. Like even when he be looking, you know. He goes in and out of his stages of looking like healthy and unhealthy. Yeah. Like with something. But skinny mini. Yeah. It'd be right in his face. It, it'd like be in his God, jaw. It'd be so sucked in. It's so sucked in. But, I mean, I like him. I do like him. I'm his way. And you then, know, I love me some CB. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> um, and then I have a few like Derek Luke, um, Mike Epps. Um, Mike Epps. Mike is very attractive to me. Oh God! Because oh, y'all keep and y'all gonna keep. I mean, Courtney said Fifty Cent. I don't Mike know where Epps. From. Mike Epps mm. is of. Well, I guess not equivalent. Huh? Oh, Zayda, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, um, I feel like I have more Nas. Oh my God, Nazir Jones. <laughs> Nazir Jones, honey, that man is getting finer and finer with age. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not I feel like I'm not into that either. What? No. Nas? No. He has such a laid back, like I'm that nigga demeanor. Yeah. And that does something to me. Like in addition to him being super fine, but like he just be like, yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna say, I mean, Nas, you know, he's attractive man. He definitely is an attractive man. CB period on which one that? Mm -hmm. Mike Epps, I'm gonna have to leave you on that one. Not gonna well, be able to do me. it. Chats has been in the bloggy blogs, just looking around, seeing what's going, and we came across Brian McKnight. Mm. Brian McKnight, and I am honestly shook it because this is our childhood fate. You gotta start back at one. Girl, we really gotta start back at nine. We're over it. So 54-year-old Brian Kelly McKnight has been coming up. And the reason why? Just just hear this, okay? First of all, originally, I paid no attention to what was going on. I was just like, okay, they're talking about Brian McKnight. I really wasn't paying attention. But recently, his son, his 30-year-old son, mm. who's also Brian McKnight Jr., commented on his dad's just, just, just whole overall parenthood. So 
Let's play this video and I want to get your thoughts about how you feel about it, okay? okay? Anyone who knows me knows over the last 20 years, 30 years now as a matter of fact, that I've been there for my children every step of the way until recently. And let's be clear, my two sons are 30 and 27. Not 12, not 13, but 30 and 27. Now my daughter's about to turn 18. That's another story I'll get to in a second. Uh, I've never missed a day of child support. I've never done anything adverse to my children whatsoever. So after listening to Brian McKnight, just offhand thoughts, what do you, what do you, what do you think about that? What do you think about what he just said? I think it gives slightly unhinged, but it also <laughs> gives like, you know, why are you sharing this with the world? Right. Like I understand family issues and things happen, but you didn't have to come on the internet and discredit anything. Period. You didn't have to say anything. Just handle it or don't handle don't handle it, but don't address it for us because now we're looking at you sideways. Girl, that's not even the thick of it. I didn't even want to lay it on to you too, okay. well, uh, too much, okay? So here's what has me concerned. What has me concerned is that Brian McKnight named his 30-year-old son, his oldest son, Brian McKnight Jr. Mm -hmm. He now has a new family. I guess you call it new. I don't know what to say. Like second, he has a fa a third, second family, um, and they had a son, and their son's name is Brian McKnight Jr. Oh hell no! What in the living hell is happening? Spicy. So why in the this man named his uh, new son Brian what McKnight? Did I just call him unhinged. Unhinged. I'm like. One is like a dream content. Like what, what, dream? what dream? What dream? This is kind of like it's literally not get. I'm like Brian McKnight. I, I, I I'm taking it back. So yeah. I just feel like even just overall listening to a black father mm -hmm. discuss what he is to his children. He says, "I've never missed a day of child support." And I know that men overall are providers, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess he's labeling that as, you know, like it's good to pay your child support, but I feel like that's the least you can do. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Bare minimum. But I think that just overall society has had like different impacts on what we even accept from fathers. Mm -hmm. um, and then in our culture, what we expect from black fathers. So do you think like societal expectation or stereotypes of fathers, do you feel like that's changed over the years? No, I think from jump, society has expected fathers and black fathers in general to step up to be in their kids lives mm -hmm. be it you know physically financially um just being a role model I don't think that has changed you know and going back to what you just said about Brian like saying that you know he he paid his child support on time and yada yada speaking from personal experience like my mom was single parent and single mm -hmm. mother mm -hmm. and my dad also never missed a, a payment of child support but that didn't, you know, that didn't replace the need for his physical presence. Mm -hmm. That didn't replace the need for mm -hmm. having that just father figure in the home, in the actual right. home. So right. for him to kind of equate that to being an actual parent, especially like knowing what a single mom or single parent has to go through to, to really care for that child and build up that child. You know, it's like, again, it makes me look at you sideways because if, if you as a grown man, like, feel this way 
you know, why aren't you understanding that there's so much more than just providing money in these types of situations? So to your question, I feel like, you know, society has always had these super high, maybe sometimes a little bit too, too high expectations for, for fathers, for black fathers, but it's necessary because we know the type of the lift that women and mothers take on when it comes to raising kids. So, and not just their kids, like women just, they, women raise our communities. They, they take on the, the responsibility of raising our villages. So mm. I think that those expectations are there from society because we see what the women and the mothers go through. So yeah, it may be high to some men, to some people it may seem like it's, it's unachievable, but women are doing it. They're doing it. It's hard. Life is hard, you know? So no, I'm with that. I think I come completely understand what you're saying in regards to that i just think that just like you said sitting here paying for different things kudos to you you don't but applaud a fish for swimming. you don't applaud a fish for swimming <laughs> thank you nice. that's what and i'm just like you know having a bonus mommy view mm-hmm. in regards to things my child was going to um camp and he needed some ice cream or whatever and he needed some money for that so I gave him some money. Mm-hmm. But in regards to it, I think he got the wrong one or one that he didn't like or something like that. And they called me or whatever. And we talked to him. We made sure he was okay. We made sure he was encouraged mm-hmm. to have that ice cream and be in a space where we were not there. Because just giving him the funds and doing those things it's is not, not enough. enough. It's not It is enough. not enough. Especially my black boy, Joy. I feel like I really want to make sure that my child, you know, like, that I speak to him, that I talk mm-hmm. to him, that he talks to me. He's so smart. So he's always telling me different things. And I want him to tell me like, you know, how he feels and different things like that. So I'm like, you pay some child support, cute boo. But like, how your kids doing? What's the mental health scale? You don't know. Period. Because you sitting over here talking about you ain't caused no adversity, sir. (laughs) Look at the word. I'm convinced you don't even really know what it means. Girl, it's just, it's crazy. It's so crazy. And those, those, like even that little moment, you know, Amir probably will never, not never forget it, but it's like, you're building up that that chest of memories that he yeah. can refer back to and be like, dang, like, right. you know, Cha-Cha and Dad, they were there for me in that, right. that small moment. But right. I mean, no matter how small of a gesture it is, I have my parents. I love that. You know? So that's doing, doing the work. Right. Doing, the, doing work. the work. Do you think that there are, like, just challenges that Black fathers may face that may be... I don't want to say discourage them from being, but like, do you think there's challenges that are in the way of them being as present as they could be? Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, to to tie back to my personal relationship with my dad, um, it has been strained, not in the the sense of like, um, you know, anger Mm -hmm. or things like that, but just Mm -hmm. a matter of, again, going back to the original um, segment like right. I'm a person who is very tied to connection very mm-hmm. tied to building relationships and kind of thriving on you know the connection that has been made to to sustain the relationship if right that makes sense. right so when I say strain it's like I didn't know my dad because I didn't know him I didn't he, he didn't really show up a lot for me so um within the last year like the latter the latter part of last year and and you know currently today my dad and I have been reworking our relationship, like trying to, you know, learn more about each other. We've done a few um, sessions of family therapy. Mm. And it's been very With beneficial. your mom too? No, just, just me. Just you guys. Yeah, okay. Just us. 
Um, and it's been really eye-opening. And to, to tie it back to your question is like, the thing with dads and with parents in general, they're humans. Parents are human. They Oof. go through things. They have ups and downs. They have challenges. They're not built with a, a parent manual mm. on their damn palms, right. in their brains, you know? Right. So the thing that I've had as I got as I've gotten older, but also just in conversations with him, it's like life happened to him. Hmm. Life is happening to all of us while we're going through these things. And unfortunately, you know, like, yeah, the kid is the one getting the, the consequences of that. Hmm. But still, it's like, if you were in that situation, what type of grace would you want somebody to give you? <sighs> what type of patience would you want somebody to give you? Uh, and it it, uh, it sucks, but it's like, the, the, the saying goes, like, when you know better, you do better. Uh, it's like, I would love to just hold on and harbor all these, all these, all this anger and resentment and disappointment. But it's like, I know better. Strong. I know, like... I would want somebody, you know, to to understand where I'm coming from when I'm I'm laying it all bare. He's told me everything he's gone through mm. and all the things that were kind of challenging him to not be the type of parent I needed. And it's like, I can't fault you for that. I know how hard life is and I, I got it pretty good, you know? So strength, you know, because I have my own struggles, you mm-hmm. know. Of course, you know, we have to discuss mm-hmm. in regards to my dynamic with my mom. Yeah. Um and Truthfully, I'm not there yet. Yeah. But I feel you in regards to um, understanding the process of grace and yeah. understanding in the space that you're at, I know better. You know right. what I mean? And I just, you know, for me personally, the the responsibility of knowing better and doing better still feels too heavy. Yeah. I'm like, hey, yo. You know what I mean? No. Like in regards to just parents. But I feel that. Because also, I'm at a catch, I feel. Because I've got my baby. And when I look at my baby, I'm like, I'm going to do better for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do what it is that I've seen. However, I feel like it puts me in a rabbit hole of parents. Because I'm like, I could never to you. Hmm. I could never I to you. I and I've... Dealt, I deal, deal, yeah. dealing with my own stuff currently. Yeah. And still, still I can never to you. Still show up. So I, you know, I uh, admire your perspective yeah. and I admire the growth and just maturity that you have about that. Cause I think that that's beautiful and that is amazing. And I love that for you. And I love that you have that perspective because like I said, for me, you teach me, girl. You, no, you teach I mean, me. And again, this, and I appreciate that. Thank you. But it took a while to get, like, I'm 30. So it took me 29 before I was ready to really dig deeper and really open up that that relationship again with True. him. Because I, I had, when I got engaged, I talked to, I called my therapist and I was like, my dad's not coming. Hmm. Like, my dad isn't coming to my wedding. His family won't be there. Like, and I feel fine that he's not walking me down the aisle. X, Y, Z. And, um, you know, we, we talked through it through a few different sessions, but it took a while for me to really grow into that to the the place where I am right now. But to circle back to what you said about your mom, because again, we've talked about this recently. Right. Um, you also got to, everybody doesn't get the same response. So what I mean by that is I'm a little bit more open to being open to my dad in this rela- relationship. Because like I said, he has laid it all bare. He's been very open, very 
um, forthcoming with very apologetic. Yeah. Um, taking ap- accountability. Right. Um, and he's trying. Yeah. And now don't get me wrong. Love my mom. Um, but our, our relationship is a little bit more nuanced just because she's dealing with her life. Like mm-hmm. she, a lot of things that she's gone through in her life throughout childhood, adulthood, whatever, as a parent, you know, she's, she's, dealt she's been dealt a few blows right and yes i know that yes i'm aware of it and it's like i want to handle it with sensitivity but sometimes the way that it comes out of her towards me it feels like an attack it feels like a weapon it's like you know what i i'm not addressing this crowd right (laughs) i'm not addressing this crowd right now and you know like i know better i can do better but it's like you also gotta understand with age comes wisdom. With age comes responsibility to only continue right. being better. Yeah. And, you know, we all have the same access to resources. We right. all have the same access to, you know, saying like, hey, this is, this is, I, I see this is how this is making you feel. I apologize. What can I do to do, to make it better? Or what can I do to show you that I'm willing to, you know, not make you feel this type of way? And I also, you know, I think it just comes down to the level of emotional intelligence. A lot of our parents don't have. Right. Just. Oof. They don't get it. Right. They don't get it. Like, I don't want you to talk to me like your your mom talked to me. Talk to you. Girl. I don't want you to talk to me like your sisters and brothers talk to you. Like. No. no that's right. not. That's a that's a boundary for me. That's a trigger for me. And it's like, as much as I, I love you and I appreciate all you've done for me, I can't take. 17 steps backwards because of our relationship you know yeah so you know different people get different you know just handled differently right no i and i um respect that perspective and i think that's just real as fuck it is let people know and even to share that you know like yeah i'm doing this but then there's some other things that i'm doing it looks like this in this space it looks different in other space because i think for me as being a like virgo perfectionist Mm -hmm. i'm a copy paster yeah so Mm -hmm. like if i'm doing this here and this works for me and brie i want to try it here and see if that works but people are people yep and you can't approach everything in the same way so i love that perspective so yeah, girl, let's hop into the next topic. So we're going to hop into another topic. And first, I just want to say condolences to the family and prayers to the family. The, you know, this is just a devastating and just sad story. Um, Jacqueline Smith, a.k.a. Miss Jackie O, um, passed away at the age of 32. Um, there hasn't been official reports of the cause of death. Um, but there's been some implications. She went to Miami to get a mommy makeover. And if you guys don't know what a mommy makeover is, it should just, it, it should mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. The surgery should include different procedures like a tummy tuck, lipo, breast lift, etc. Anyways, um, Jackie O was DC flies, um, partner, uh, mother of their three children. And, my heart goes out to those babies. I'm just like, I'm just devastating. devastating. But anyways, um, the story kind of hit home for me. Mm-hmm. Um, instantly, uh, aside from it just being a devastating just ordeal, because 
like I said, there's been no reports as of right now of official cause of death. However, we do know that she went to go and get a mommy makeover and that she was unresponsive in the hotel that she was at, that she was um, recovering in. So we assume that it has something to do with her procedure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it hit home for me because, you know, I went to Atlanta Face and Body. Did I say that? Yeah. I went to Atlanta Face and Body for a um, consultation. Got my consultation. And it's kind of like something I've bookmarked. It's not something that I've been like, nah, I'm not going to do. Yeah. I just feel like I'm a circle back when I feel like I'm a circle back. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. And I'm just like, at first I was like, um, should I still get plastic surgery? And you know all, you do know, I mean, with any surgery mm -hmm. that there are going to be risks, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't, not even I, it's not about Sash, but it's just like, she passed away, but we don't, I don't know. What do you, do you think there's a, like a common misconception about plastic surgery? Because I feel like after her passing, of course, I'm looking at people's responses and are like, mm -hmm. she had no business getting a mommy mm -hmm. makeover. She had no business getting plastic surgery, you know, harsh harsh comments mm -hmm. it's her fault yeah. you know what i mean and so do you, i feel like there's a misconception do you think there's misconceptions about plastic surgery absolutely so first off also you know condolences to her family absolutely miss jackie o yeah um i think there's a huge misconception around plastic surgery you and i have discussed it yes at length. yes multiple at length times. multiple I'm, times i am a huge proponent of doing what makes you feel good absolutely and I think Me too. the biggest comment or just the biggest misconception about plastic surgery in general is that people are doing it to please other people or people are doing it to mm. appease the public. Mm. Nine times out of 10, people are considering and going through with plastic surgery because they want to feel good for themselves. They right. want to feel good to just be happy in their own bodies, in their own, you know, in their own temples. Right. You know, like, for me personally, um, I've always been a, on the thicker side. Like from my entire life, I've been on the thicker side. And I have also heavily considered getting lipo 360. And it has nothing to do with other people. People are always like, oh my God, Brianna, like you look great. Um, a few years ago, because I had packed on a few more pounds since then. But like people are like, this is the weight I'm trying to get to from losing weight. And I'm just like, that's cool. But for me, like y'all don't go home and see what I look like, you know, in the mirror and how I feel, how my body makes me feel hmm. so it's like the the mis this the mis the what am I trying to say misconception misconception is that we're doing this to prove something to other people but really in reality it's like I'm doing this for me I'm doing this to feel good just how people go get their teeth done yes or you know microblading for eyebrows like there there are risks associated with anything, anything. and I would be um remiss not to say and like I don't I don't know this to be true for everybody but people do a lot of research like people are very exhaustive when it comes to getting their bodies worked on yeah and going under an anesthesia that is nothing to be taken lightly right. so I just think it's very unfair because I also saw a lot of those comments in um in just different posts on social media to be like, you know, she brought it on herself. Mm -hmm. She didn't need any work done. Mm -hmm. This lady had three kids. She had three kids. She was in the public eye. Public. So it's like, imagine how she how she felt about her body when she first came on the scene to how she may have felt about it current current day. Facts. And that 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 mental 
just back and forth is something I don't wish on my worst enemy. It's just when you don't feel comfortable, when you don't feel like, you know, you're loving the person you see in the mirror. Yeah, it's like, you know, let me put on a happy face every time I go to the supermarket or if I'm going to happy hour. Like, yeah, I love me, but it's like deep down, if I know I have the means, if I know that this is something that may make me or probably is going to make me happy, why not? You know? Facts. And even to your point, a few points, great points that you made. The last one being like, the means because when I went to Atlanta Face and Body, I didn't have the means at mm-hmm. that time, and I was on the quest. I was like 10k. I'm like, honey, I ain't get 10k. I'm finna leave. That's really right. why I left. What's the payment plan looking like? Right. And even that. And so, like, now I'm able, and that's really where the loop around comes mm-hmm. to. It's not that I didn't want to. It's just the means and budget was different. And also to your point. Plastic surgery is not about not loving yourself. It's I nice. really, um, I'm gonna say it. I don't, I don't, I don't think that is that at all. To your point, she has three kids. She had three kids. They are little, small, small, back to back to back. <laughs> Girl, I had. What did I do? I got my wisdom teeth pulled. My face looked crazy. Yeah, I did not feel good about myself. Yeah, I did not feel beautiful. And even though I knew it was temporary, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I just think that people are not really paying attention to the fact that after you have a child or children, Mm -hmm. your body changes. And not just your physical body. Women struggle with a lot of, you know, postpartum depression, a lot of um, PPD. I don't exactly know what that term stands for, but I know it's like an actual mental health issue that you know, new moms, whether it's your first or third child, they're struggling mentally as well. So right. it's like, whatever we can do to help these moms Thank you. get back to how they felt as best as we can. Why not? Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. In regards she, to just overall mental health and things like yeah. that. Like, that's what, you know, when I got my wisdom teeth pulled. Wisdom's light, light, not even close to what we're talking yeah. about in regards to things. Very light. And when I felt that impact, I yeah. was like slip depressed. Yeah. I was like, I don't even recognize myself. My eyes, my the doctor told me that my um I may have a little bit of swelling and my entire face swole up. Yeah. In addition to that, I had just moved in with my husband. Mm-hmm. You know, we had just got engaged. Yeah. And now I'm ex- not only exposing myself, but now I got an audience. Now you got to see me. And to your point, you said she's in the public eye. Mm-hmm. So she's got whoever it is that she normally interacts with. Yeah. And then a whole bunch of motherfuckers who she don't even Nobody know. Knows. Yeah. Who don't yeah. even know what her day to day may be. From what I can see, obviously no personal knowledge of her. She seems to be an amazing mother yeah. and prioritizing her kids. Yeah. And like I said, I'm a bonus mommy and all utmost respect to mothers um my glimpse um into seeing that girl what if i could have a moment to make sure i feel back to myself that's what i'm gonna do and that and to that point it's also important for her to model that to her kids right if she's happy her kids are gonna you know feel better about themselves if she's and like again like self-love is also important in any stage so i'm sure she was still loving herself before she decides to get the surgery. But it's like, imagine that confidence boost she was going to have in front of her kids after the, the surgery. Like, yeah. imagine how she was going to feel post-recovery. Right. And, like, seeing her little girls being like, dang, mommy really loves herself. And mommy, you know, mm. it's just radiating 
self, high self-esteem, you know? And not again, not to say that you have to have those things to have high self-esteem, but that's something that she wanted and something that was going to add to her story for her kids, for herself and her kids. Right. And I feel like, you know, because of the fact that we've got social media and things like that, we got things a little quick. Um... And I feel like yes, I'm a tech girl, so I love technology, but I feel like we've always got to have a little adaption to being humans and figure out how we want to accept technology because it, it can be invasive. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, do you think that just like the media overall has even changed the standard of beauty? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, speaking for social media specifically, you got your Kylie Jenner's, your Kim Kardashian. Okay. Jada, wait a Jada, wait a wait a minute. I want to be Jada, wait a wait a <laughs> literally and again nothing wrong with them nothing wrong with them getting their bag because a lot of their products are focused around how their bodies look and how right. they're portrayed to their audiences yeah. but it's because they have these huge followings most of which include a lot of young girls it's hard for them to decipher what's real and what's not mm. you know and i and you know like i really appreciate um black china um, formerly known as Angela White, <laughs> you know, showing her process of getting her um, injections or just like her body redone to, to take out like the harmful mm-hmm, products. Mm-hmm. And like Jada, she also just got her uh, lip fillers dissolved. Oh, she did. So she did. I didn't see that. She did. And it's like she didn't even need them. But she it, didn't. I know I'm being hypocritical, but it's like I appreciate her for bringing her audience along for the full journey because. It was a little harmful the way that, you know, she was just, well, not just her in particular, but like these influencers are kind of just going full steam ahead with um, these surgeries, procedures, and not showing the full picture. Like they know they can afford the best recovery houses. They're going to the top doctors. They're doing, you know, every single thing by the book, whereas, you know, Miranda from the country, she's just going to the, the the easiest, you know, cheapest place she can find and maybe cut in corners to get what she wants to get that ideal body or just look that she's going for. So I definitely think media has kind of done the plastic surgery world a little bit of a disservice mm. by not telling everything, not right. showing everything. And again, like I said, people should be doing their own due diligence but it's not as simple as that. Yeah, I agree. I do think that, you know, the media, the influence of beauty and all those different things, what you said about being able to cipher between what's real and what's fake, mm-hmm. that's me too. Yeah. I've been sitting over here, you know, I got my little home gym. We're starting in our garage and I'm like, yes, I got to have this, this and that. Even that, what I'm even aligning up, you know, going to work out mm-hmm. and aligning that up to be. And then, you know, you come back in the mirror and you're like, this what don't changed? look like what, what, what changed? You know what I mean? I mean all this. Oh, I just girl, literally, I went to grab for something. <laughs> I said, oh no. Yeah. The yeah. cooking arm. The cooking. When I literally, I took a picture last week and I said, Chris, not me with the auntie arms. Auntie arms. Not me with the auntie arms. Bro, I'm like, <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, these bodies that we're in. Yeah. These bodies that we do have are what God did give us. Yeah. However, to your point, people are missing the journey. Mm-hmm. And so therefore they don't have appreciation or even just like respect yeah. for what's going on. And even, you know, she was 32. 
young, 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 still no respect because yeah. of, I feel like, the taint that media has done oh, across yeah. plastic surgery. I will say here, like I said, I went for a consultation. I'm still considering yeah. plastic surgery. It's my prerogative. Yeah. I, as I think about it, I'm like, bro, like I'm here in life. If every day I'm not satisfied and there's something that I can do to change that. Absolutely. We're going to change it. Absolutely. We're going to change it. I 1000 percent support you, sis. I'm into it. Like for real. Girl, let's hop into our next seven. Let's let's be real. <laughs> The journalist turn up event extraordinaire, the homeowner, all of the same bride to be. Oh, I mean, and those are just a few things to describe you. Bride to be. Okay, in addition to you being <laughs> an amazing friend, sister, daughter, and all these different things, girl. I remember when um, I would say no when we first met and I you know I told you the story I, listen you, you know I, in the back of my head I was like should I bust her out or should I keep it cute cause I don't want her nah but go ahead when we first met <laughs> Brie I'm like she was you, trying to be my ass y'all at the time D was my boyfriend <laughs> my boyfriend my man my man my man my man my man and he said she my friend my man, she said my he said my friend is at uh the house she's prepping for her man said i don't give a damn she's she prepping for what why is she at the house i knock on the door she ain't not i thought it was the popo and the dodo i was like you come to the door and you was just so sweet i'm like bitch go upstairs forget about it what are you even doing at this point why we get this hyped but I had no idea that, I mean, in that first instance, that first meeting, I had no idea. It wasn't until you told me, he was like, yeah, I came over because who? And my man's what? <laughs> oh, yeah, no. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not my better days. You know, I've grown. I've grown since then. Girl. Sister wife. Okay, curious. Sister wife. Literally. And so, you know, I just wanted you to share with our viewers, with our audience, just a few gems. Just drop a few gems on us. You know, I do like you know, and you you live in this city. You're a homeowner, and we just want to pick apart your brain just just a little bit for just a little second. And I was living in the city too. You know, I'm back in the burbs now. Mm-hmm. Whatever, it's real quiet or whatever. <laughs> but I feel like there is some misconceptions about the city too. Yeah. And so, do you think I? Do you think that the city has provided any like personal growth or helped you with personal growth or anything like that? Just being in the city environment at all? Okay, so yes and no. And the mm. reason I say yes and no is because I feel like I got the most of my personal growth like back at home. So I'm from the country. I'm yeah. a country girl, southern dirt road, southern male. Like Picking watermelons and green beans and all that stuff. Too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Country down. Shout out to the 229. So the reason why I say yes and no is because I feel like I got the most most growth that I needed to succeed in the city. So it's too far. It's like I needed to, to be molded to get, 
you know, my resilience up, the, the how to be more observant, mm-hmm. how to tap into my common sense. I got mm-hmm. all that stuff growing up yeah. in the country. And right. Like, you know, my hustle muscle, like having to flex, just working very, very hard to get to where I want to be. But as far as like moving to the city specifically, um, I really think, I don't know, it's just, it has opened up my level of appreciation. So I know that's kind of surface level, but it's like, I appreciate Publix being five minutes away. I appreciate the fact that if on a good day, I could walk to work. I appreciate, you know, like I have a lot more luxury, you know, in a 10 mile radius for me because it hasn't always been the case. So the fact, the reason why that's such a, a growth moment for me tied to the city is just because like, I didn't really have that appreciation before I moved into my home. Like, mm. I'm just, I love, I love my house. Like I said, we are about to move, but it's like, I love my condo because I bought it for me. Mm. I, I bought it, you know, like it was something, my biggest purchase I've ever made so far. And it's just, you know, it, it just opened up my level of gratefulness and appreciation. Like that's something not to say that I was ungrateful and unappreciative before, but you know, it's just it's just helped open my eyes to appreciating receiving the things you really worked hard for. So what made you even purchase in the city? Ooh, again, I'm from the country. So I've never lived in the city. I've never like the closest city to to my hometown is Albany. And that's what 30, 35 Girl, miles away. Albany at that. And 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 big city, you know. So no big buildings, no hustle and bustle. Mm. It's still very slow. Um, I will never forget when I was in college, Tiana Taylor, um, she bought a penthouse and it was the most beautiful penthouse, floor to ceiling windows. Um, she had her TV mm. hanging up on like this, this, this stone column and like she posted a picture, like a, a picture in the daytime and then a picture at nighttime and she had these neon lights and I was like, oh my God, like mm. I need parts. I need parts. And I printed those pictures out, put them on my vision board and just, you know, like put it there to kind of remind myself, you know, that's the, that's the point of a vision board. But right, right, right. In right. that moment, it felt so unattainable. It felt so unattainable. It's like nobody I knew had ever bought a home. My mom's home. Like she, it's, it's not, it's nothing super lavish, but she did what she could, you know, to provide for her kids. Sure. sure. But I never saw anybody actually go through that process of buying a home. Mm-hmm. I knew my means were very <laughs> minimal. Again, single parent home, hope, pale, like working to the bone to survive, <laughs> literally. Yeah. So it's like you want to you want a condo in the city with Florida some windows. Oh, okay. Okay. Mindy, but yeah. I mean that's that's just how I've been as far as like setting goals and achieving them. Like you may not see the end result, but it's like I know me. So I think that's interesting, and I think that's a good perspective too because. You create something like a vision board, right? Mm-hmm. And when you create it, I feel like when I was, for me personally, I'm putting different things there. I didn't necessarily feel like, uh, I don't know, like how you said, like at the time it felt unattainable, mm-hmm. right? And I didn't really necessarily feel like the pictures that I put there was unattainable. But once I went back yeah. to figure out what it was that I'm actually trying to do and where I'm going to start, yeah. it was. Yeah. So when things come into fruition it's like whoa first of all you did the thing period period i'm just saying it is a beautiful property thank you i came in there i was like girl look at this view (laughs) look at this view ma'am 
It's a stunner. You did the thing. Thank you. So what do you feel like, and even with that journey, what do you feel like someone has to, or maybe different characteristics that you need to endure the process of home ownership or ownership just overall? For sure. Um, Definitely a lot of patience. Mm -hmm. Pack your patience, honey. Pack your patience. She says, pack your patience, put it in your pocket. And don't leave home without it, ever. <laughs> um, I needed a lot of patience. Um, I would say patience, the two biggest things before I, I go into my deep dive, patience and education. So patience for sure, just because as simple and straightforward as you think that process is going to be, you can have all your ducks in a row. Something is going to come up. Yeah. Prepare yourself for something to come up. Prepare yeah. for a water bill you didn't pay your freshman year of college to come up during that underwriting process. Lord have like, mercy. They're going to uncover the most uncomfortable parts of your finances mm. and lay it all bare. Yeah, they are. So that was that was tough for me. Only because, like I said, like... I didn't really have a lot of models of financial stability growing up. I didn't have a lot of, you know, insight and education on things I should have been doing um, leading up to this home home owner journey. Like, I'm I'm working hard. I'm making sure I'm paying off my debt. Yeah. But I wasn't making sure that I wasn't going about it the, the most structured way, if that makes sense. So when things came up during the process, I was so frustrated. Like, I don't know if you remember when you had your... um your birthday trip to Colorado. Yeah. I had a hiccup happen during the... Yeah. yeah. Oh! Yeah. I had a hiccup come up and my lender at the time, I had to switch lenders. That was a whole nother What? Issue. You had to switch lenders? How yeah. you even... Yeah. So redo, rewrite, bring... Like, you're done. You're done. Wow. <laughs> you're done. Wow. So my then lender, my first one, she called me and was just like, um, because closing was supposed to happen when we came back from Colorado and it didn't happen. Like it happened a month after that and closing had already been pushed back. And she was like, yeah, closing not going to happen again. Like your debt, your um, debt to income. Yeah. Debt to income ratio is too high. Like DTI. it was just, it was just, it was, it was like the final blow. And that was around the time I had just started my new job. Yes. When I tell you, I, I wasn't prepared for my patients to be tried like that. And it was it was hard for me. It was hard for my relationship. Like Chris, mm. he always tells me he was like, "Yeah, like I didn't think we was gonna make it during your homeowner journey." <laughs> I shut him out. I yeah. was just so disheartened that everything that I had been working towards was so close yet so far away, and things kept coming up. Things kept, you know, popping up that I thought that it wasn't gonna happen for yeah. me. And here I was thinking the, the the biggest thing was me not being able to afford the house, mm-hmm. and that was the least of my worries. You know, oh, like it wasn't about even what I could afford. It was like all these other things, you know, just making sure that every, everything was how it was supposed to be. And no. it was just so frustrating. And then the second thing is education. So again, like just making sure that you know what resources are available to you, knowing that um, you don't have to have these huge down payments. Mm. Um, even if your credit score isn't the best, there are still some programs that can help you. Yes. Like this whole time before I started, I really started being serious about my homeowner um, journey. All I had ever heard was you need 20% down. And I, I'm like, 20% of this is this. And like, I'm barely doing this. And I'm that is that. Yeah, girl. I'm like, I'm living mm. on my cousin. Going from this cousin, this cousin to line sister couch, and you want me to say how much or what? So it was just very frustrating until you know I did my due diligence. I spoke to some more people, you know, who were um, 
who are experts in real estate. My realtor was iconic. Shout out to Courtney. Um, Courtney Schaefer. She's a really um, amazing realtor who just kind of helped guide me. Cause she was the one. She she was the one who told me like you may want to consider getting another lender mm. because she just saw you know just how chaotic it was in the beginning. That's crazy. So it's like you know just doing your due diligence from the education perspective will yeah. only help you. Like I have a friend who didn't put any money down on her house and she already has equity in it. So there are options out there for you. So Ooh. I know a lot of people are kind of discouraged because it's like how am I going to get this money to you know buy this house and. It's, there are ways. It's possible. And I think home ownership is so free, freeing and it's just so beautiful of an accomplishment. Yeah, no. And I'm so glad that you said that because that's a really great point. Mm-hmm. The down payment, all of those different things are cool. Having the resources are amazing. Do your research. Do your research. Do your research. Because you don't know. I really, you know, like you said, I had not seen the process of it. However... Yeah. I don't know. We did, you know, of course we had our family home, but I just didn't, I really didn't know. Mm. In the essence of patience, Mm. the lender Mm. for our home, you know, we were in a, um, I forget the actual term, but there was, it's temporary occupancy. And so Mm. we were, um, we were temporary here in our home without actually signing or closing or having mm-hmm. any of those things. Um, but obviously, you know, there's different things that you do do. So they did have something from us for a small commitment, but temporary occupancy, because at this point, my family is homeless. We need somewhere to stay. We need somewhere to stay, girl. We had to get out of the apartment. <laughs> we told them we better close on this date. So I'm so glad you said that. And yeah. so I'm like, with that journey and all those different things and just having like the art of rest. Mm. And so are there any different things that you added maybe as a result of home ownership or different, you know, lifestyle changes that you've had to just help you pause, rest or relax or reflect at all? Has, did you add anything after that or anything change after that? Um, Yeah, more money. <laughs> big bag. More money. She's in her big one. Like, no, and not even you know, <laughs> from a professional. Well, I mean, obviously, yes, my job helped me get a bigger bag, but more money frees you up so much and it's not even funny. And like, like I've been saying throughout the whole episode, like I have had to hustle my entire life and it's so frustrating. And this is a personal thing. And I don't, I don't want to say it may sound borderline jealous. I don't know, but it's, it's sometimes frustrating to see other people get things so easily, like having families who have, um, who have the resources to give their parent their mm, kids yeah. a new car or know somebody at a firm that they can go like, hey, Brianna needs a job. Like, I didn't have any of that. I have had to literally work my entire life to get the things that I want. So when I first moved to Atlanta, September 2015, I had three jobs. I had two internships and I was working full time as a server at Maggiano's in Bucket. Ma'am. And it's like, from then, from that point to now, well, from that point until, let's say two, two and a half years ago when I got my first job that gave me a significant bump in um, salary, I was working. I, I had to say no to so many things. I had to hustle my way to get to where I am now. And the way that money has changed, the, the way that I approach my life, and not to say that I'm tied to money, not to say that I you know, needed the money to kind of be more flexible, but it it does open up a lot more flexibility in your life because 
I don't have to go this hard. You know how JC like I don't I don't have kids. I don't have to go this hard. Right. But it's it's responsibility. She said that no responsibilities. <laughs> but it's really as simple as that. It's like I know that I have a, a lot more of a cushion. I have a savings. I have mm. substantial credit. Mm. You know, at my at my disposal. I have a fiance. Like double the. I, I'm a TikTok like head ass. So like there's this thing about, called um this acronym DINK. So it's double income, no kids. Like. Double we're double income yeah. with no kids and like the fact that we both have relatively no to low low to no debt and our cars are paid off you know yeah. things like that it's just like we have so much more flexibility in the way that we approach our lives because we know that we have a safety net with our money yeah and until and not well no i don't want to say this because i don't want to neglect people's um individual experiences but again for me personally it's like I have just never had this level of freedom in my life to really enjoy rest yeah. to know that I can get my lashes done mm. every three to four weeks to know that you know I can schedule a massage day I can go to the four seasons yeah. and you know do those elevated moments of self-care elevated moments of you deserve this and you can afford this so Really, money has really opened up the way that I'm able to enjoy my life the way that I, I thought I would be able to now. But I like how you said money, though. You said you save. You mm-hmm. said that your cars are paid off. So you also prioritize things to give you that financial freedom, too, mm-hmm. as well, in addition to having different bumps and stuff like that. So those are all really, really great points. And girl, honey, I cannot tell you enough how important it is to do those things. Yeah. I mean, I also would say, like, not to interrupt you, but to make yeah. sure that I, I mentioned this, yeah. I have so much anxiety around debt. Yeah. Like Ooh. Debt, yeah. It's kind of borderline, like, unhealthy, but interesting. I don't like being in debt. And Christian, he's opening up my mind to, like, you know, it's okay to have a balance. It is okay. Like, it is okay. It's not life or debt. It isn't. But again, it's like, I have been so frozen in, a, in, in seeing people drive themselves down a debt hole right. and like not really being able to climb out of it to yeah. where I'm triggered by the thought of like not having enough money or not having, you know, uh, a safety net or not having a really good credit score in the, in the, in the case I need to go buy something or, you know, whatever. It's just like my, my childhood trauma really, is sparking a lot of things that, you know, I just don't, I don't deal with now because I can't handle it. Right. My anxiety cannot handle it. Girl, and let's hop into fierce facts. That's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact, girl. Sitting over here having different things from trauma kind of changing your trajectory or just kind of like your childhood shapes your adulthood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It does. And so for me, in regards to just rest, um, I was in my journal this week. And so for that's a fact, pause, babes. Take time. Take time to think about what you want to do, mm-hmm. how you want to do it. Take time to research, like you said. Take time to even you saying and knowing that the trauma ties into different things that you're mm-hmm. doing is a reflection of your reflection is a reflection of your awareness and in order to do those things you have to pause yeah and so i think for 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 just this part 
I know that when we did in our previous season, we were doing spotlight. I did different like items and things like that, but I'm switching it up. And I feel like I want to come into that's a fact. And what's a fact is pause, mm -hmm. have time to just reflect have time to be aware. Sure. So you could be like Miss B. Diddy sitting over here letting us know about how we just navigate through the spaces of adulthood. But oh. this has been such an amazing conversation. And I hate that it was even like, we got to circle back. No, I feel like there's so many different things we need to talk about. And even more depth, but... Girl, we appreciate you. Of this was such a good convo. Even your just energy overall has got me calm and feeling relaxed. Thank you for having me, Mrs. Coleman. I'm always here to enjoy and support and, you know, breathe life into these conversations, these necessary conversations. So Absolutely. I appreciate you for even having this platform and making sure that, you know, you 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 put your own emphasis on what you want to say out in the world. Girl. And you're doing it great. <laughs> if you're not already subscribed, please subscribe. If you did like this topic, give us a little like, leave us a little comment and let us know what you think about it. Otherwise, we'll be back and we'll meet you in the next episode. We'll see you later, guys. Bye.